This is a HeadGum Podcast. Another Melro 210, a quarantine sideshow yes! where we ask you, uh, against the United States' wishes, to remain indoors. <laughs> and uh, But put on your sunscreen because we're allowed to have a little bit of fun inside here. This is uh, 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 on Mondays, we talk about Beverly Hills 90210. But of course, on Thursdays, we talk about Melrose Place. And I'm joined with some good dudes from different neighborhoods. Christopher Cabin. Oh, hi, hi. Eric Siska. Howdy, partner. And uh, Andrew Jupin. Yo! That's what we wanted to hear. This is Dreams Do Come True, an <laughs> awkward title for an episode <laughs> containing a gay bashing. But mm-hmm. hey, sure. Uh, original air date, October the 28th, 1992. There's a lot going on in this episode. It's, you, you see, I, I, could, I know why they called it that but like the matt storyline cloaks everything like it just edges everything out out the room yeah it needs to be the a story and it's not and you know like props to the show for like having part of an episode address this but like i'm sorry this is the main event yep if you're having a fucking hate crime on your show it's the main event (laughs) it's not the afterthought especially when the main event is fucking allison and keith fucking jerking around still who cares about keith yeah. Who gives a fuck about Keith when this fucking gay match is happening? Well, well I'll tell you who the Allison certainly cares about Keith. I'll let <laughs> you know that, god damn it. Well, uh, you need to take a break from Billy and everything if you have that in your episode. You're right, it should be the A story, but it should be the only story. Exactly. Yep. Well, also, the funny thing, this episode is not only an episode where Matt, uh, where, where a character gets gay bashed, a hate crime against him. It's also the end of another character's entire arc, and they're just like... But I don't know, Allison and Keith might be into each other. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? They must have hated Amy Locaine so Ooh. bad, dude. This is a fucking, we don't even care if the door hits you in the ass on the way out. It is a humiliating ending for this character. Uh, wow. Uh, I, I kind of love it. <laughs> but I she's successful. Love... She's successful. No, I mean, yeah, she, she's the one whose dream comes true, mm-hmm. I guess, if anything. So congratulations, yeah. C storyline. It, it's amazing that it's like... She made it. She's gone forever and will never be paid by us again. Mm-hmm. That's that's like, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's weird, though. And I mean, I guess it's fine to talk about this now because it is just like so little in the episode. But like her exit, like the way that they're talking about it in those last few lines at Shooters, they're like, they're like celebrating someone like a prisoner getting out of purgatory. It's like, <laughs> she made it. She crossed over. She's free of Melrose Place. The uh, so yeah, this episode is all over the place. Um, we 
I guess we'll just kind of sort of go through it chronologically because well, all these stories kind of mishmash together. You go, Eric. Sorry. I got a quick question. Just uh, just the whole ending of Sally. Now, does she ever return as like a guest spot? I mean, because if you're friends with someone and they're still alive, I don't, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about any like you know passing lines of dialogue. Like, oh, Sandy, so and so. I do know that she's not on this show ever again. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. She Dreams co- do, do Come True is the end of her character. That she's in Airheads and two years later. So yep. there you go. Is she? Uh, is does Jake make it through all these seasons, Andrew? Uh, I'm pretty sure not all the way, but he's there like right up till it's almost I, over. Because I could see uh, somebody like, and then I heard about a girl named Sandy. Sandy. That's, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, we we also, by the way, speaking of Sandy, the she's out of the theme song. This has got to be some DVD rights fuckery because it's one thing. Um, she's out of the credits. She's replaced by Billy reading a book, as we discussed last week, which I finally <laughs> saw this week, and that is hilarious. He's oh, did, did someone call my name? Sorry, I was just so engrossed in this book I was reading. He's doing it in the front of a store shop yes in yeah. the like way you would get into the store that's where he decides to read this fucking mongrel um he also <laughs> likes blocking emergency exits yeah <laughs> definitely does. It's, the, it's the best place to read allison uh so yeah so but he's like um but the weird thing is they don't and you know we'll do the c story well here here's what we're gonna do the c story a story and what should have been the a story that's how that's gonna go we'll do matt last yeah. uh Sandy first, Allison second. But um, the, the funny thing is, like, she... So th- th- what I'm saying is fuckery is because she's out of the credits, and it's not even when the episode starts, and guest starring a- Amy Locaine. Right. So, so, like, something must have happened between the syndication rights and the whatever rights. She's just out of these episodes in credit, which is kind of weird. It is strange. And, like, the, the this is the whole thing. She is at Shooters talking to a Muppet, <laughs> with this long hair this guy looks terrible uh and he's like you know i could get you on what is what is the name tomorrow and forever and tomorrow I forever think and tomorrow that's it great yes. title <laughs> oh like, yeah the oh the soaps title yes yeah. yes forever got, and tomorrow. yeah he claims to be a casting director and he's just like oh, you know i'm a casting director i've been watching <laughs> you all night yeah, That's, dude, you got to fucking come packing business cards, man. You just can't be thrown out in L.A. like, yeah, I'm a casting director. If you're a legit dude, yeah, you got to be like, hey, listen, I know this sounds super scummy, but I really think you've got something here. Exactly. Here's my card. Uh, you may have heard, I, I rep these people who have all gone on to other things. Give me a call if you want to get serious. As opposed to like, you're so beautiful. You should. You're an actress. I could tell. But I could tell. <laughs> you're making him too imposing. This guy's Caucasian Kermit. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, that's like, very true. He's very floppy. <laughs> he's got this hair that you you just want to cry at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she, she's she, you know she serves him. She's like, well, that guy's must be full of beans, y'all. And then the next thing you know, she's on the. I mean, again, she's barely in this episode. It's her and Rhonda on the couch. She's like, I got an audition for Forever and Tomorrow. There was, they're flying me out to New York City. Don't worry. You're not going to fly out with me, TV show. It's going to happen between <laughs> the scenes. Ooh, Did you child, spend- they have me reading for the part of Dr. Aviva Lester. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> Sounds a little ethnic, y'all. Hope I can pull it off. <laughs> Did she actually say that guy's full of beans? 
No, I, I might have made that I up. Love I love that, she... though. Like, like, oh, child, that guy's like a can on a hobo's fire. It's full of beans. <laughs> but it's it's really funny because, like, he's... I mean, like, she... Like, again, you, if this is her ending and you want to give the character any credit, you go with her to the audition, maybe. Yep. And, yep. like, it's like you see what the show is. All it is is, like, a lot of, like, cheap pot shots at... Um, daytime soap operas which we love in the 90s right. but it's also like so fucking it's so ironic in this instance well, of course if only because when they're watching it at the end specifically and they're like uh you know like home oh, you know they're basically talking about like how crazy and off the rails the show is and i'm like hey guys <laughs> give yourselves like another year and then come back and look at the mirror and you <laughs> are you know you have become forever and tomorrow just at nighttime the, the funniest thing about this whole situation is uh, the actress that both Rhonda and Sandy like are like, oh, I should be the next blank. The name is Kim St. Amour. <laughs> that is the name of the character in the soap opera, but they're acting like it's the actual actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that yeah. was the name of the actress. Like, oh, it sorry, is. y'all. I accidentally auditioned for a porno. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. It's, oh, she, she went the other way. She did legitimate acting first and then did pornography. That's the <laughs> trajectory I want my career to go, y'all. <laughs> oh, I'm going to change my name to Cindy Slaps. <laughs> I think, Cindy slaps. I oh, think, that's a Cindy. It's S I N. Those three are all capitals, and then lowercase D E E. So, like, Rhonda's like, "Wow, that's so amazing for you, uh, Sandy." And it's not even like I'm gonna miss you, or like, "Oh my god!" If you like, because again, if this is a real character, it's like, "Oh my god!" If she gets that that thing, she's gonna leave Melrose Place. What are we gonna do? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. nah. She just kind of like goes. On this audition, she gets it off screen, and then like the last, <laughs> you hear like Rhonda gets the news, and she's like, "Guys, she got the part." And like there is a moment of Jake being like, "Huh, I don't know how to feel about that." Well, that's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I do love Rhonda when she finds. I think it's like Jake and Matt, maybe first or something. Whoever she sees first, she's like, <laughs> she runs up and goes, "Sandy made it." She's gone. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you can just, you know, I'm sure you hear stories or whatever about yada yada, people being difficult on on sets and whatever. And even from an interview I read with Amy Locaine, she says that she was like a very new, uh, you know, newfound fame, kind of like Sandy's character becomes when she made that horror film sort of. Mm. So like there's, you know, there's, you know, things floating out there, but you can like barely... You can barely tell that they're not super excited. You know what I mean? Like, there's, <laughs> yes. they're all doing such a bad job at like having the senioritis. Like, oh fuck, it's my last scene with Amy Locaine. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> she's gone. Oh, she's <laughs> gone. They all, they're all acting like they're like making an excuse of like the dog dying. <laughs> or like they're like, oh, he, she went up to a farm upstate. Yep, yep. Yes, and yes. I'm like, just get out over it. Just I'm have a scene with her. <laughs> I'm surprised that none of these characters are trying to like dissuade her from pursuing this audition or her dreams because the way Rhonda was like, yeah, I could have been a dancer, but I said no. My place is here at Melrose Place. <laughs> yeah, I guess Rhonda does not feel that Sandy has uh, put down the same roots. <laughs> So it's all a good excuse for having sacrificed her to Malachi throne. 
<laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's it. Yes, that's it. Like the, that is a th- what we see in the next and last scene of hers is actually uh, footage from like a stay tuned esque hell dimension <laughs> that uh, Malachi Throne runs, and it has its own soap opera yep. called Forever and Tomorrow. Yeah, makes sense. I mm-hmm. do love that you get to see a little bit of this shitty soap opera, though. And of course, it's like someone getting bandages off their face, and there's uh, uh, memory loss and everything. Yeah, the line is like. Like what was her name? Avid? God damn, it's not even a real name, is it? Aviva? Aviva, Aviva. Lester, yeah. Aviva, it's me, Booth. <laughs> oh, Booth. <laughs> I don't know Booth. And wait, I don't know who I am, y'all. <laughs> I this think- kind of. I love there's it. an explanation that like she was injected with s- oh. some drug that gives people amnesia, or like destroys the memory center of your brain or something it's yep. such a soap opera line it's fucking hilarious By the way, in quarantine give me that drug absolutely <laughs> yes i'll if take we it could do the um oh the what's it there the uh the jim carrey movie where the tom mask. wilkinson's erasing your memory eternal sunshine yeah if i could do that for the quarantine i was like liar liar <laughs> <laughs> is tom wilkinson in liar no liar, he's not. liar liar are we talking about the president over here oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yes yes man <laughs> but like literally so that's it and then there's this great line my favorite line of the episode is jake because everyone's watching and it's like wow she made it she's never coming back and jake just goes I'll miss her. <laughs> it's like, who are you trying to convince there, buddy? Well, this is the one that got away for the riverboat strangler. That's true. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to take a steamship to New York. <laughs> you know, it's so weird that all the all the girls that the riverboat strangler is killing look like that Aviva from that <laughs> show. Guys, guys, Jake takes Manhattan. Oh, oh yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh, just confirming, by the way, to Steve, your question a while ago, we have five out of seven seasons with the Riverboat Strangler. Oh, Uh, okay. Grant show leaves Melrose Place at the end of season five. That sounds about right. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's a wrap on Sandy, everybody. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Adios. Uh, it's a useless. It's it, it's so amazing that it, I mean it must like like you said Andrew or alluded to. It must have been so bad between her and the writers, her and the staff, her and the cast. They want her the fuck out of here. I'm just shocked they didn't. They even gave like it was like they must have had like one more episode on her contract, and they decided to write her off as opposed to doing the thing where it's just like oh Sandy moved. She got a big oh wow she she booked the big movie or just also never talk about her again. Well, that's the thing. Like there's there's three ways to yeah. leave a television show three ways yeah one is what steve just said where it's it's like the the chuck cunningham syndrome <laughs> they call it you know like you go upstairs and then your characters just never mention again mm. like you're completely written off and never talked about they had there was a sister on the show boy meets world that that also happened to mm. like Kind of hilarious. Family Matters did that as well. Josie, Jody, oh, I believe, yes. goes away for a long, long time. She might the, come back, but it's weird. The middle sister? Yes, the middle I th- sister. I think, she, I think she's gone for good unless they cast someone else mm. to play her later. But anyway, so that's one way to do it. The other way is what happens with Sandy here where it's like, oh, you know, you've followed your dreams and they get like kind of a happy ending. And then the other way, which I guess Melrose Place didn't really figure out that they could do with their characters just yet, is a horrible death. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really surprising that, oh, y'all, I was driving on Dead Man's Curve and I lost control. <laughs> you know, there's like none of that, which I have to say, they must have been holding back. That's right. Be- it's me from the afterlife, y'all. <laughs> I was about to ask that, Chris. What is this, a ghost talking? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No, I broadcasted my own death while I was on the phone with a radio station or something. <laughs> Just like Palpatine. <laughs> um, Somehow so, so, Sandy has returned. <laughs> oh fuck! So she was like a terror on the set. There was any like was there any like fun backstage reports about that? Like what, no, what her horrible antics were? Not, not really. There is an article that I read. I think in Rolling Stone there was an interview with her years and years later. She's had a lot of personal troubles more recently. But one of the things she talks about is that she was just very young in Hollywood. Melrose Place was like her first thing and she just admits to <clears throat> essentially like not acting as professionally as she should. So I, I don't know what that means. Man, Kenneth Onger missed out for not writing a backstage like tell-all about Melrose Place, <laughs> Beverly Hills 90210, <laughs> <laughs> big right. TV Babylon. Yeah, instead of Hollywood Babylon. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost want like Kenneth Onger to do one of these shows. Maybe, I mean... Man. It, it would have had to have been on like an X-rated channel that didn't exist yet. <laughs> the only but. show he could have done is Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so whatever. Like that's that's the end of her. We cut to what is the A storyline, which should not be the A storyline, which is how we begin the episode, which is Allison and Keith. They're having like manhunter sex in his beach house. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes, the windows exactly. are all open. The, the waves are crashing into them practically. Yeah. And I kind of imagine that's like 60 to 70% why Allison is into the strippy dude, right? Like, it's just like, it's the house. Come on. It's the house. Absolutely. If I can have intercourse, you know, right next to the beach like that, you know, everything else kind of uh, (laughs) matters a little less. That's a full grade up. If you're a C plus, you become a B plus real quick if you Mm -hmm. live on the the shore like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Class matters, folks. That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and you know, like it's it's her continuing from last week about like she's just shirking all of the responsibilities, and like she's like, oh, I'm gonna be late for work, and he's like, Who cares? And she's like, I kind of do. <laughs> she, she tells him to go help a porpoise at this point, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's so dumb that like you know, last week the episode addressed it, like she kept fucking up at work. And then it was like, okay, I have this handled. I know that I'm fucking up at work and I'm not going to do it anymore. And just to have another episode where she's just doing exactly that, like, come on. And it's, and and so like, she's like, oh, you know, Keith, I got to go. I have to like, I have to like make my face. uh, uh, I have to show my face at at my apartment tonight, you know, just kind of hang out there. And he's like, well, I could come to your apartment or I could just hang out with you there. And she's like, well, you know, actually, maybe we'll meet all my friends at Shooters. He's like, great. Hey, awesome. Shooters, is that uh, near your apartment or what? Because I, like, like I said before, I could go to your apartment. And then as soon as I was done with that sentence, you asked me to go to a place called Shooters. Leads me to believe you don't want me to know where you live. So uh, is that like a place where you can drink a beer and like do, you know, shoot at a target from a far away? <laughs> Because I've been wanting to find a place like that for a while now. Keith walks in with a rifle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wrong. I totally got this wrong. My mistake. Oh, sorry. It's a really dumb name for a bar that has two pool tables. So this isn't a BYOB uh, shooting range. That's interesting. <laughs> what what I'm really confused by is Billy being so mad that she's gone all the time. It's like, dude, you're getting a full apartment for half rent. Because dude. I think the deal is, dude, like Billy has quickly realized that 
he's not an adult and will die without being in the care of another person. Yes. The man is eating <laughs> cans of fucking cake frosting, okay? <laughs> Alfred, if you're not here, I don't know I don't know how to convert food into energy, okay? <laughs> oh, like a like a plant does it, Alfred? Do I have to get out in the sun when I'm eating? I have no idea how to do this. That is ridiculous that you are not home to help me. Alfred, I spent all night eating books. Apparently you can't do that. I oh. thought if, hey, Allison, I thought if I ate a book, I'd absorb the knowledge that's inside it. <laughs> Turned out I just threw up and had diarrhea. <laughs> the Bible's no good. <laughs> um, I, I still don't get the unbearable likeness of being Allison. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, she like comes back to get like ready for work at her apartment and Billy is giving her guff. And to Eric's point, yeah, like my, my first apartment outside of like living at home, like my roommate had a girlfriend who was gone all the time. I was like, fuck an A. You know what I mean? Like that's what you want in a, in a, in a, in a, in, in an actual platonic living situation. You don't want your roommate to be there all the time. You know? Of course not, dude. But you also know things like dress yourself <laughs> cooking food for yourself to eat tv tv and air conditioner repair <laughs> exactly how to mostly hold down a job uh you know all of these things that functioning adults should have with them to live on their own and really i think it's just a wake-up call that billy needs to be living back with malachi throne <laughs> was it, i the only one who flashed to uh, uh death becomes her when goldie hawn is like housing those cartons of uh, frosting I, oh, I haven't definitely. seen that movie in forever. Same here, it's, dude. I have not rewatched good. that movie. Who I remember that, is that Barry Levinson. Like, no, I think it's Zemeckis. Oh, it's Zemeckis. I think it's a Bobby Z movie. I remember yeah. not liking it when I saw it, but I was a stupid kid and I've just never gone back to it. I, I know remember, a lot of people like it. I remember liking it, but I haven't. I've seen it a few times, but I haven't seen it since like 2000. I just remember Bruce Willis's fucking awesome death in that movie. It oh, is yeah. uh, it is uh, uh, Bob Bob Zemeckis. Um, oh, there you go. He's got so, a great mustache in that movie too. Indeed. Yeah, Bruce Willis does look great. He looks like like a a, a, a tough uh, Michael Jeter in that film. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's yep. exactly right. So it's like Michael Jeter gets like a super serum, like <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> Because Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's exactly true. Um, so he's just, you know, he's just kind of relaying the events. Like, so what's going on? You're going to just date this married guy? And she's like, Billy, I don't have time. Oh, my God. She is so annoying in this episode. Can I just say that out loud? Because it's yep. like, it is like, and also she's like way too cavalier in this information that she's dating a married guy. It's not something everybody needs to know. No, and she's so bad at like hiding stuff, too, that like when... She's at Shooters, you know, they're yeah. hanging and it's like uh, Rhonda and Jane. <clears throat> Sandy is there also. It is again, though, man, poor Amy Locaine. The, the way they block this, Sandy's like way in the back being like, yeah, exactly. Like, trying, to, <laughs> trying to participate in the conversation. But like the, the three of them are like, oh, He's uh, he's uh, married, isn't he? Oh, great! Look at and they like immediately pick up on it. Sandy in this scene is like that uh, in that uh, that uh, bit from Flaming Moe's where it's like you just lost yourself a customer. What? <laughs> you just <laughs> lost your? Yeah, you can use it. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's shouting over four extras to participate in the conversation. They just did this switch from her being like uh, very responsible and like uh, very thoughtful. To being a complete idiot way too quick. Exactly. Like, and they, you're all, you're blaming it all on this like C grade LL Bean catalog guy <laughs> who fucking romances her near the beach. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Like this, I mean, if for this to happen, you know, one, this guy has to be like mm -hmm. 
a hunk. And he's also got to be having a cooler job than volunteer oceanographer guy. <laughs> like, it has to all be this beach house, because why else are you throwing yourself away for a guy that looks like the stunt double of the dude who played the neighbor in the Truman Show? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Noah, whatever his name Noah is. Noah Emmerich. Six yeah. slam on Noah Emmerich. <laughs> and, and not, you know, I love Noah Emmerich, but his stunt double's just a real dull-looking, <laughs> saltine, cracker-eating motherfucker. Was that, guy, was that the guy in the Americans? Yes. Yeah, totally. He's gotcha. a Great actor. Great actor. His, his stunt double sucks. <laughs> so, but yeah, she's she's like, so yeah, and like you know, Rhonda of course is being way too nosy, and she's like, so what kind of underwear does he wear? Get the fuck out of here, Rhonda, with that comment. I could not believe it. Like this is like now my boyfriend at the time, so just you back off. You know what this, I mean? Like, yeah, this fucking underwear discussion is very weird because it's like boxers or bikinis and as bikinis mean tidy whities i suppose no dude the bikini underwear is different that you're talking banana hammock wait so there's only two options so wouldn't there be three options well you got jockeys you got boxers you you got the banana hammock and that's apparently what we have to know keith wears now a lot i don't think science invented boxer briefs yet i think it was yeah i don't think we we figured that out in the lab yet (laughs) yeah 92 was I thought, well, I, got, I for, totally forgot about the banana hammocks, but then there's tidy whities and boxers. But yeah, they not- are specifically asking over and over again <laughs> if it's boxers or bikinis. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Boxer briefs, then, I really think really hit to like 2003. Yeah, 2003. I think that's, that's when, when it became <laughs> popular. Yeah. That's what Dr. Okay. Moreau invented them. He was uh, on the island. Oh, I see. <laughs> All okay. yeah. underwear together. I'm going to splice <laughs> these two together. Oh, crap. These underwear are flying. We got to get them. <laughs> oh, no. They're flying again. Uh, but, like, and, like, you know, they're having a what could be considered a fun conversation. And then Allison's like, yeah, he's perfect, except. And, like, this guy is on his way. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to tell these people, A, ever, or B, right this second. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exactly what it is. Like, he's just kind of married. And Jane is like, well, that sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. and, and Rhonda is just like, well, that's kind of gross. And she's like, oh, go stay out of it, you guys. It's like, what are you supposed to do? You want a fucking a, a round of applause for fucking a married guy? <laughs> I mean, and then there's like, like, well, I mean, they're long separated, right? Well, no, not really. Ooh, ooh. The room gets like, like more. Ooh. And then she's like, his marriage is dead, okay? <laughs> yeah, and they're not buying it. They've heard it all before. It is Rhonda so- calls him a bastard under her breath at one point. <laughs> and he is. Well, he, and he just shows up and is like, hey, ladies, who's for pool? And they're like, and everyone's like, ew, it's Keith. <laughs> <laughs> ew, Keith, gross, it's Keith. And oh. she's like, I don't feel like playing pool. Let's go, Keith. And he's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> and they leave, and it's kind of amazing because they go all the way back to Keith's beach house, and then Allison's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go home. I'm like, you were fucking steps away from your house. When you leave Shooters, be like, hey, Keith, I have a headache. I just want to go to bed. I'll see you tomorrow. As yep. opposed to driving to his beach house and then telling him we're going to go home. Or if you want to sleep with him, just be like, hey, man, my fucking apartment's like two blocks away. You know? And like, And this, I think, proves it. That the beach house really has something to do with it. It's the Manhunter sex, dude. It's it's, it's the <laughs> dimly lit, you know, the Michael Mann synth is going and the waves are crashing. See, yeah, I'm more of the mind that he's a warlock. <laughs> okay. Because this is more of like a hypnotized situation. Allison has completely like abandoned everything that made Allison Allison before this. That's essentially. true. And I'm just yeah. like, what? Is- oh, actually, shit. You know what I'm thinking of? 
we never we never let this cross our mind. Huge dog. Mm. Yes. Ah, yeah. Keith could be packing heat. You know, warlocks. Warlocks are famously hung. <laughs> Is <laughs> that true? A- yeah. Oh, <laughs> Julian Sands told me so. They've a spell for it. Yeah. Well, like, Julian Sands, dude, that dude walks around with big dick energy. Oh, yeah. I mean, business. Jesus I mean, Christ. Keith could have a big whale down there. <laughs> um, Manhunter sex, by the way, is in it's it's slightly better than this because every once in a while, Dennis Farina is just sitting at the foot of the bed. <laughs> hey. Hey there, want to talk on the beach? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, just- I'd rather uh, have manhunter sex than mindhunter sex. I'm sure that's much more disturbing. Yeah, we got this fucking killer up in Chicago. <laughs> you know, you remind me of William Peterson. God damn, I love him. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going to have to come back on the job there, Jack. <laughs> Uh, no, but so whatever. Um, this beach house is good for fucking, isn't it? <laughs> Can you get a Chicago dog around here? <laughs> you know what? Never mind. I brought my own pickles and peppers and whatnot. It's all in the bag. Just get me a dog. I'll take care of the rest. Hey, I just I don't want to upset you folks, but uh, you might want to close a curtain or two because there's a bunch of hobos jerking off on the beach. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's after hours. They they live out there, you know, by 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 the tide. I shoot them all off this time because I also happen to be out there jacking it but uh you know next time i might not be around to save you that's uh what this wonder bread here is for is you throw this in the water and they go after it <laughs> tom noonan's out there too by the way look out <laughs> that's right tom noonan's on the loose <laughs> yeah they invented a new fucking thing called blinds all right yeah hey i'm your uh, next door neighbor just uh want to tell you that i am not particularly a door-to-door blind salesman uh, <laughs> but if i were i'd be knocking on this dang door every darn day i got a five-year-old daughter who knows more about sex than i do at this point by the way keith nice dick <laughs> <laughs> so uh that none of that happens but they do um wind up making out and like you know she she succumbs to the power of Keith, and then the next day... The power of Keith compelled her, dude. <laughs> uh, she goes back to work, and the fucking Penske file is due, or some horse shit. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> I think you mean the skateboard file? <laughs> I forgot. Which, it's like, also, why is Allison even taking this shit home? Exactly. The skateboard file. Because, like, Billy comes in, and he's like, here, Allison, I got the uh, the thing you asked for. And she's like, oh, Billy, good, the skateboard file. <laughs> But uh, but as we find out, there are skateboard files. Mm, yeah. There's multiple, and they're for some company called like Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> um, <laughs> Allison, do you have that report on Ollie's that I needed, Allison? <laughs> what is uh, what is our new kickflip proposal? <laughs> I love the Billy thing when he's just like, oh, "Well, I didn't know you. Know, I gotta work too. I have Keith go get him for you." <laughs> well, yeah. he's kind of right. Yeah, he is kind of right here. I, I, Billy somehow in this episode is mostly right, which is shocking. The only thing that's really wrong about Billy in this episode is his dress, which, you know, we can touch on when we see it. But there are some Billy costuming choices here that I'm like, God damn, you were just dressing him to look like a little rascal. Well, well she, like in this scene, it's what, like a purple T-shirt tucked into like burnt orange jeans? Yeah, it's <laughs> not good. And so like, yeah, her boss comes over. Lucy is this character uh, who we've seen a bunch. And she's like, well, Allison, I need the skateboard and the Ollie file. And she's like, sorry. And, she, and her boss rightfully like fucking uh, blows up at her here. She's like, 
you know, you are fucking this close from losing your job. And she's like, can I talk to you? And she's like, oh, fucking fine. And she's like, I'm dating someone. And he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. He must be great. And she's like, he's kind of married. Like, you don't need to tell your boss that you're fucking a married guy. Have a little bit of shame. That's the thing is like she starts this all off with like keep this up and you better start looking for another job and then immediately like remembers the plot of last week's episode and is like oh he must be some hell of a guy. Yeah. And then what prompts Allison is then this boss is like get married. You're killing us at the office. (laughs) Well maybe just get engaged. Why don't you fucking do something? You're messing us all up here. And then she's like well ooh the problem about that and that's when the boss has to be like I don't care. Yes. Just stop messing up at work. And instead she's like one problem about getting married is that he already did that. Oops. That's none of my business. Yep. Thanks for dragging me into it now. You still need to do your job. You can fuck all the married guys you want. I don't want to know about it, but you have to do your fucking job. You're going to yep. start telling me when you're going to take a shit too? I don't need to know this. Go work at, work at the fucking front of the office. Uh, so at this point, like, I guess she goes back to Keith's and they're like, they're about to have this big pasta dinner, which I love. Uh, this big pot of sauces is cooking. And she finally gets the courage to ask him, like, Keith, could you tell me what dead means? Like, what is <laughs> what is a dead marriage exactly? He's like, uh, dead is dead. Uh, dead is better. I don't know. Uh, just, just, uh, I, I don't know. I just, uh, uh, my the, just uh, the dead don't die, Allison? Is that what you want me to say? I don't, I don't really know here. Uh, 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 dead by dawn, that's you. No, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just a sort of a thing where like, she's like, what does that mean? Like, well, um, <clears throat> see what happened was I called her. And then she never called me back, so I assume the marriage is over. Um, um, what she did is she b- bought me a, a lovely, a lovely birthday uh, present. I told her I loved her so much and that I miss her so much on the phone. Uh, and I love you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Allison, the thing is, uh, <clears throat> uh, I have um, what doctors would uh, say is a lot of love to give. <laughs> I mean, like the whole thing with this, his wife calling and him answering it and like blowing Allison off at this part. Like what if your marriage is really on the rocks? Who gives a fuck if you hang up on your wife? Exactly. Well, or, yeah, or, or, or a ghoster for a bit. The yeah. thing is, well, no, I think, Eric, you hit it uh, a little more safely. You answer and then it's like. Not right now. Pretend it's the wrong number. Whatever. Hang up the phone. Prank call. The, prank call. Because <laughs> the problem is, you know, this is 1992. That's a answering machine that's getting that call, Ooh, and then it's like, true. Keith, you son of a bitch with your huge cock. Why don't you call me back? I hate you. I'm your wife still. Bye. So he picks up, but he's like, Oh, hello. Oh, uh, uh, Lydia. I can't. Oh, uh, uh, Allison. I'm gonna have to take this to the bedroom. And like, Why? Yes, Mr. President. <laughs> But he's doing the thing where he's got his hand over the receiver and like Allison is like, I'm so stupid. This relationship's never going to work. And his wife has to be like, I can hear all of this. Yep. Who is that you were talking to? Keith's like, no, no, it's important. I got to talk to my wife, Lily. Okay. Like she wants visitation rights over Dennis Farina. So we got to work this out. (laughs) Hey, Keith, I'm, you know, I'm not complaining about watching you have uh, intercourse with your new lady, but I'm just saying uh, Lily and I are friends too. So, uh, (laughs) How about, yeah, we got to be adults about this. How about this? Lily gets me Wednesdays and Sundays, uh, and I live with you the rest of the time. Okay, uh, she gets the Italian beef, and you get the deep dish. How about that? 
<laughs> oh, geez, you know what? Let me scrap that because I know uh, I'm going to be able to watch the Bears uh, if I'm with Keith. So I'll let Keith take the Sundays. You can have every other Friday. Uh, I don't eat meat on Friday, by the way. So we're going to have to have fish. I'm just picturing Dennis Farina with like a gigantic backpack, like, <laughs> like, 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 like as if he's a child. <laughs> Ah, geez, uh, you know, Lily was supposed to pick me up from soccer practice. That didn't happen. <laughs> Keith, you were uh, supposed to pack my lunch, and uh, you know how I like uh, ham on rye. <laughs> you can't buy me some liverwurst? Ah, geez, the crust ain't even cut off. Keith, this whole thing's falling apart here. Ah, uh, hell, you know what, Keith? I knew we were going to run into problems here, and I don't want to make a big deal out of it or nothing, but I'm just going to say... Last Saturday was your day, and you were supposed to teach me how to cook a hot dog with two <laughs> wires held together. Uh, I'm missing these important moments in our relationship. We're supposed to make a couple of exterminated dogs. <laughs> exterminated dogs. <laughs> I yes. wish. Um, this whole scene between the, when when Allison storms off is punctuated by a very uh, pointed sauce shot. <laughs> I love this the sauce is what? boiling over, and Yo, you're like, thank oh, you. give me it, uh, Allison. Allison walks out. He's in the other room, and I'm just imagining Keith would have been consumed in some type of pasta fire. <laughs> the great pasta fire of 92. Uh, yeah. Or, or there's some like sea algae that falls into it, and uh, then it turns into like some sort of like sea creature, like the blob maybe, and like starts attacking Keith. Absolutely the Italian blob. <laughs> it uh, consumes uh, everything. I think that was a joke on the old Johnny Carson Tonight Show when Dom DeLuise guest started. <laughs> come on, come on, Sally. It's just a big meatball. Come take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. Um, you know, she then goes out to lunch with her boss. Her boss, uh, her boss. By, by the way, this woman is a fucking saint. Because not just firing this woman, uh, Allison, her poor performance is just like, listen... You know, again, I see a lot of myself in you. There's no other women in this office, apparently, uh, that, I'm, <laughs> that I can mentor. So I have to mentor this fucking garbage fire. Um, you know, I, you know, spent my 20s dating this guy who had a wife. And every weekend he was going to leave his wife and yada, yada, yada. Haven't you heard any of this before? And she's like, wow, that's a lot to think about. Oh, 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 wow. And then, like, she decides to break up with Keith. And uh, meanwhile, Billy, by the way, Billy is sick and tired of Allison being treated poorly. So he goes to Keith's uh, beach house. And I think the way it is, like, I'm going to kick that fucking dude's ass. I'm going to go over there. And I'm going to show him what I don't know what the Keith is all about. And then, like, Keith stands up and is like, yes. And he's like 6'5". And he's like, you got to watch it with my friend, pal. That's what you got to do. <laughs> by the way, my note for this scene is Billy versus Keith. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> Very true, but uh, I will say I do appreciate that it's like uh, I don't know. It's a, it's another like nice Billy moment because he's like Keith is like, oh, pff, what are you, pal or boyfriend or whatever? And he's like, uh, no, I'm her best friend. <laughs> and like it sucks because it's Billy and it's being delivered the way Billy would but, deliver a line. But, but like I don't, I I thought it was nice that the character goes to stand up. Oh, for yeah, her. for sure, it's great. But like it's all undercut because he looks like an extra from a Chemical Brothers video. <laughs> <laughs> like this this outfit still looks ludicrous. Block rock and beats. <laughs> I also noticed in this episode, Andrew Shu has a really bad haircut. Yes. And I don't know what was going on here in the makeup department, but it's like not styled his usual way. Yeah, it's like, it's like a poofier for some reason. 
Yeah, like I don't know if he was using a new conditioner or what. He was volumizing maybe <laughs> that oh, week. Nice. I don't know. So oh, there's a great like he's like, You're just jealous, pal. And the great fucking Billy sign off right here is just I just care about her more than you do, pal. Billy does at least get a pretty successful last word. In he here. does, yeah. I mean, but I do think it's like oh, I'm gonna fucking kick that guy's teeth. Oh Jesus. Oh, oh holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, look at that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Billy? Well, I got a house at the beach. <laughs> the fuck you think she's coming here for? Oh, yeah, Keith? Well, I had two cans of frosting for breakfast this morning. <laughs> hey, uh, hold another, on, Keith. Is this uh, this guy bothering you or what? Another, Unless another, uh, there's going to be some funny business here, in which case I'll just hang back with my binox. And, you know, whatever. He, uh, She decides to break up with him. She tells Billy first, obviously. And look, Billy, here's the thing. I do appreciate that Billy goes to, you know, take care of uh, this situation and you know, stand up for his friend. But then he has to, like, right. he wants all the credit in the world. Well, I went over there and I set him straight, Allison. Oh, right. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, and she, <laughs> Allison's response is, you maniac. Oh, you did it. Oh. I'm like, no, you got to be kind of like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't have done it. Exactly. He's, like, he's also, he's overselling that encounter. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't be that. like, well, next time you see Keith, he's going to have a broken leg. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, Allison, the next time you see Keith, why don't you ask him about the car battery I hooked up to with nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a pathological liar. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But also, like, her whole thing so far has been like, stop fucking invading my privacy, please. And he's like, okay. And now she's like, thank you for invading my privacy. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess because it's not the same as, like, breaking into her room or stealing money from her or, or uh, borrowing her car yes, under it's, false pretenses. It's just secretly going over to give a fucking tongue lashing to her boyfriend. Yes. Um. So the last scene is her at Keith's place, and she's like, listen, Keith, I have to say something. He's like, no, I have to say something. I'm going to leave li- Lily and she's and she doesn't say anything it's like we'll say something Allison and we end on that so we so this storyline will continue next week for yep. sure. Well gee Keith you know I should go to James Conn's in a lot of trouble out in LA <laughs> and uh <laughs> It's amazing. I yes. uh, sorry he's hanging out with Jim Belushi. I gotta go take care of this. <laughs> the guy's really, about to make a big mistake. Could get really hot out there. It is kind of a whatever. And I mean, like also like you Allison and, and Allison's like still like, oh, what am I supposed to do? She's clearly gonna like probably waver one way or another, but like it doesn't matter if he says he's going to do it. You need to see fucking divorce papers, and then you still shouldn't date him. Sure. I mean, I do like also that the way because this is the last scene of the episode and yes. in an episode where we have been like, you know, sort of like poking fun at uh, soap opera culture. It's Keith being like, for God's sake, Allison, say something. And then they do the exact soap opera thing of like, she is just staring at him silently, like pretending she's in a freeze frame while the music swells up for a good like 10 to 15 seconds. And then we black out to credits, exactly like soap operas does. I think it's so hilarious. It's 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 perfect. There is also um, so that's it. That's that's her thing. Um, and then we get we have the Matt storyline, which is at Shooters uh, right before Matt Matt's at Shooters with everybody. By the way, that Shooters intro. I love the fake Allison Chains that we're listening to. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. dude. Fake. I, I was calling it Frunge music. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's there's a fake Semisonic song when Billy and Allison are fighting too. 
It makes, I mean, it just makes so much more sense of what we're listening to on 90210, which is this fucking weird pop punk nonsense. Yeah, this I've is, like, never remotely found, close. yeah, like, at least the fake music on this is not anachronistic, which is the problem with the 90210 stuff. Uh, but, you know, Matt is about to meet Keith as well, but then he's like, oh, you know, actually, I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta myself a dinner date, and I'm like, hold on, Matt's, Matt's doing something? Matt? Matt? <laughs> Matt has plans that don't involve one of the other neighbors asking him to attend something? <laughs> or going to work? Uh, hey there, Matt, this is Dennis Farina, I want you, uh, could you go attend a cop's funeral with me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was this guy. Uh, I never really cared for him too much, but I uh, got to go support the blue. And uh, I don't know. Just thought it'd be fun to have a buddy along for the ride. What do you say? <laughs> little funeral ride along there, Matty, or what? I do. Lo- so she uh, so he goes away and we cut to Club Casbah, a happening spot on the strip, it seems. Uh, but it's just next to like a bowling alley or something. It's not doesn't look that exciting. Uh, well, you could put anything next to a bowling alley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, Matt is like, yeah, we'll we'll all meet up next week. It'll be great. Uh, and he gives this guy a hug. And it's like, oh, that's as, that's as far as we're going to go. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though. It's never, I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But, like, he specifically, it's odd. When he's at Shooters, he doesn't say, like, oh, I've got a date. And I guess this is maybe more like we just said, it's 92 and you got to code it better. You know, so he says dinner date. He does. And when I hear dinner date, I mean, when you use dinner, I mean, it's sort of like more of a, I'm just meeting a friend for dinner kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Yes. And not necessarily yeah. a romantic date. And um, so he winds up, uh, he, he goes off on his own three steps away. And I mean, in like in, in the middle of the night, and like you know what I mean? Like, and these guys I, start I harassing think, him. Yeah. I think these guys are from the bowling alley, by the way. <laughs> exactly. That's why you don't want to put a gay club next to a bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> a bowling alley is like a straight pride parade. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird uh, that they had those pin pals shirts on. <laughs> and these three dudes are like, Hey, you know, they call him queer boy and they start shoving him and like, I do love, I mean, like, you know, and good for Matt for standing up for himself. It's like, I think he's just like, keep walking, man, which is like, it sounds tough, but like, you're literally way outnumbered. I mean, that's, that's what I would do if I was about to get the shit kicked out of me, maybe. Is say, yeah, like, like, watch pl- it, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, dude, you're about to get into more trouble than you expect. I'm like, well, how? Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting any trouble, so... <laughs> Um, but he gets uh, gay bashed here, and gonna- they really beat him. It is yeah. really actually violent and visceral from Melrose Place. We haven't seen any of the uh, ne'er do wells that Jake pounds beaten this severely. It is it's it, it's out. It almost feels out of place, but I guess it's not because it's calling attention to the violence against gay people in this country, especially at the time. Well, and that's why, and that's why I think it's better that it's ramped up because it does take you out of the Melrose Placey soap opera, whatever. And like, here's this dude like really getting the shit kicked out of him, and yeah. like he does. It, it was nice. Also, they allow Matt to fight back. He punches the one dude right in the face, which is cool. Um, and also, and, yeah, we do get an f bomb here. But I think again, to Eric's point, it's 
it's kind of well served for this moment. To oh, just, absolutely. To be but, just, you know, you got to live in that and hear that. And this is what's going on kind of. A thing. And that's also why it should be its own episode. This should yes. be treated yeah. a little more seriously be- without Dennis Farina and Keith walking around. <laughs> and, and I know, yeah. and I know it was a no go, but like, you really should have a scene of like him, like falling in love with it or having a good date with the man. Exactly. To balance out all the pain and torture you're going to put him well, through. Th- that's the thing. Matt has been living like a Benedictine month for, monk for fucking 13 episodes. The second he goes out of his house to be a little bit gay, he gets gay bash. It's like you need to show that there's other good things that can happen kind yes. of thing. Um, but no. Uh, so he gets uh, – he winds up uh, trying to get home. Jake finds him. Uh, a lot of character redemption for Jake this episode, I found, because yeah. he's, like, really cool with Matt, and he's just like, hey, man, you gotta, we got to go to the hospital. Uh, he drags him to the hospital. Uh, there he's met with two less than enthusiastic cops, you know, and they're, they're basically kind of giving him, like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do our best. We'll see what happens. We'll turn this over to hate crimes. By the way, uh, go take care of your boyfriend. And, you know, Jake's like, not my boyfriend, but he's, like, clearly, like, it's, like, that pissed you get when you see people are – you care about are getting fucked over and it's 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 a great delivery from grant show because yes. there's zero um <clears throat> like disgust mm. at, at the uh like he's pissed off because they're making that assumption but it's not like ew gross no he's not my boyfriend exactly like, he's not my boyfriend none of that even fucking matters police officer like you know why don't we try to be a little more helpful than this? They're like, yeah, you just, you got to call Detective Gould and hate crimes. We specifically don't handle hate crimes. Uh, so, you know, Matt's not sure if he's going to the next morning. And like, you know, here's something. When Billy got, when Billy's fucking jobs car got robbed, the whole, all of Melrose Place was outside waiting for Waiting for him, you know what I mean? For Billy to come back and be like, oh my God, is Billy okay? Matt is in the hospital, and it, that's it. It's just like, the next day it's Billy and Rhonda, maybe, you know what I mean? But Steve, Yeah, I think they are trying to be a little supportive. Come on. But even Matt is kind of like, oh geez, it took me uh, having a hate crime done on me for my friends to make me breakfast. Steve, come on, Keith. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Keith exists. <laughs> I can't be doing this. And by the way, Michael is trying to uh, eviscerate his relationship with Jane. That <laughs> oh, that scene, I just I don't. There's a it. there's a 45 second D plot in this movie. <laughs> Wait, what was it? I feel like I forgot. I it's just it's, it's, it's Jane being like, "Well, Steve, you want to take it? Oh, no, you can do." It. Well, it's just because it's Jane worrying, like, oh, I can't believe Allison's with a married man. And Michael's like, yeah, it happens. <laughs> oh, and, she, and she's like, wait, what are you talking about? It happens. And he's like, yeah, you know, because we're all animals. <laughs> oh, wow. He has, like, the statistic at hand. I'm remembering now. He's like, yeah, it's like 40% of married men go, boom. <laughs> they bang the other lady. Oh, yeah. What is it? Oh, no. He uses the old uh, two-thirds of marriage and right. divorce, I think. And yeah. she's like, wait, so how do you know all this? And he's like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> well, actually, then- Jane, that figure is from the Reuters poll. I actually have uh, some information <laughs> from poll points, and they say that it's actually 467 you know, well, Harry Enton says it's about 60% of men want to fuck on the ladies. <laughs> Michael, why'd you say never mind? What does this have to do with Nirvana? <laughs> he is, I mean, he, it's, this, it's, this, it's an amazing scene. It's like, it is like 90 seconds, but it's him just like dousing his marriage in gasoline really quickly for no reason. But then it's a weird, like, she's like, well, he says something like, you know, oh, you're trying to tell me that all the time we've been together, you've never like found another man attractive. And she's like, oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Never mind. Good night. And he's like, 
Wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, Bulgo! <laughs> and it's great. I mean, I, I'm just glad. We, I didn't want to lose that scene because it's so important. Um, but <laughs> I don't want to lose what a, Billy says to yes, Matt. Yes, please. Um, you know, they're making Matt breakfast. They're trying to make him feel better. And he's like, hey, Matt, listen, I've been there before. I, I know exactly what you're going through. And then, like, Matt has Not to be like. Really, no. <laughs> Not really. Not <laughs> really. <laughs> and that's the thing is Matt, again, St. Matt, it's just like. No, Billy, I don't think it's the same thing quite at all. And he's like, come on, Matt. What is violence? It's violence. Same different. Dude, it's kind of great. And I have to hand it to Vanessa Williams because uh, as Rhonda, she's like in the background, like pouring a cup of coffee when he says that. And you can see her look up and be like, oh, please don't do this. Oh, please <laughs> don't go that route. Oh, no. Turn out of this right now. Let's no, no, too late. The time I got robbed is the same thing as being beaten up for being gay. Poor Matt must have to put, like, a thumbnail in his shoe every time he talks to Billy <laughs> to just distract himself from what he's fucking going through. It's just it's excruciating, man. And, like, it kind of leaves it there. I think Billy kind of acquiesces a little bit. It's like, well, I guess it is a little different, you know, wherein my cab was smashed up uh, for business reasons and your lifestyle caused you to almost get murdered. I guess that makes a little bit of that. So the next thing is him at work, right? Uh, It's him and, you know, he's like trying to just get through this day and, you know, he's like trying to connect with this kid uh, who doesn't want to talk. Armando, who doesn't want to talk to anybody. uh, And like, you know, he's trying to get him to break through his anger and the kid does and like throws a chair and all this stuff. It's it's a nice little scene. It, it it just shows you like this dude Matt is walking the the right path the entire time and never gets anything but fucking grief. Exactly. Yeah. And as much as we've like made fun of his work at the halfway house, like here he is counseling some kids and like you can see the actual like because the kid you know we find out later like you know had a that was a breakthrough for him that day and it never you know addressed emotions a certain way and and whatever. So it's it was nice to see. Matt being good at his job. Uh, but his you do see his boss kind of watching the interaction. And he's watching it, like, with pride. Uh, later on, though, this uh, the fat detective from Ace Ventura shows up. And I, <laughs> I got some problems with how this guy covers his business. Because, like, if you're, yeah. if you're dealing with a hate crime, especially against a, a gay person, you need to be like, oh, are you Matt, whatever your last name is? Sure. Um, you want to talk outside real quick? I just wanted to talk to you about uh, the incident the other night. I mean, cops showing up at your job in general is a real fuck you no matter what, if you're yes. a victim or perpetrator. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's just no. It, call him and be like, hey, sir, would you like to come down to the police station and we can have a conversation? Well, it's also Joey Bag of Donuts from San Dimas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like but this guy's like, hey, hey there. Uh, yeah, my mother's from San Dimas and my father, he's from Palermo. <laughs> and yeah, he's just like, so uh, you were gay bashed, right, for being gay? And his boss is like, excuse me? And Say. Exactly. And like this, but it turns out this guy is actually like, I want to try and catch these scumbags because I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't stand for any of that shit in my Los Angeles. It's like, all right, good for you, dude. <laughs> but also, you're just doing your job very poorly, uh, which leads very to, poorly or very portly. <laughs> <laughs> which leads to this scene where uh, Bill, uh, where Matt gets called into his boss's office, and he's like, "So the other day, I couldn't help but notice you and Armando." 
he threw that chair, uh, and also I don't like your lifestyle, so I'm going to have to fire you. What with the throne chair and kind of sort of you being gay. Uh, the way he yeah is that's exactly what he's saying but the way he couches it is like you foster too much self-expression in the kids and you know it's something about a lack of family values being portrayed like yikes dude saying family values is just saying i'm a bigot yep (laughs) Yep. that's the exact yeah anytime someone tells someone else they're lacking family values bigot matt look we simply cannot run the risk of you being too good at your job we can't do it. I'm sorry. Listen, if uh, here's the thing. If you teach these kids how to respect themselves, then all of a sudden you've got 10 gay kids on our hands. <laughs> and then also, where will we be? Family values tour with corn. Bigot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just, I just pulled up the fucking 1998 family values tour Wikipedia page. Corn, limp biscuit, ice cube, incubus, incubus replaced by ice cube. For the remaining day, Orgy and, R- and Rammstein. Wow. Yeah. It was a line. quite a bill. I remember that tour. I did not attend. I did not either, shockingly. No, I did not. I wanted there's to, a though. Subse- By the way, there's a subsection that says feud with Rob Zombie. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> we'll get to it later. Holy shit. They did a 99 and a 2001. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. They dragged that tour out. Yeah, it was a yearly thing. No, that's 99. Should- Added Mob Deep, Stained Primus, Ja Rule, Method Man, and Red Man, DMX Filter, and The Crystal Method. That is a great lineup. 2001 were Stone Temple Pilots, Lincoln That's the one Park, I wanted to go to, yeah. Stained Static X, Dead Z, and Spike 1000. Ooh, anyway, that has what, nothing to do with this show. The next <laughs> David Fincher movie should be the rift between Korn and Rob Zombie. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'd watch that. Um, so he does get fired and like he's kind of wallowing. If, oh, just to stop you real quick there, Steve. If you invented the Family Values Tour, you would have invented the Family Values Tour. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh my God. Yeah. This is like, it's Rob Zombie playing twins trying to fuck <laughs> <laughs> over Gord. One's white zombie and one is Rob Zombie. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. Jonathan Davis just stole our idea. <laughs> 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 I'm looking this boss up, Steve, and I'm curious if you've run into him on Mad Men. Yes, he's yes, yeah, Jim he, Hobart. I just actually finished my watch last night. He's uh, very pivotal in the last uh, couple of episodes there. Uh, he plays like the 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 runner of uh, McCann who kind of absorbs uh, uh, oh, Sterling right. Cooper Price. Also, by the way, you know who's in this episode? Of, uh, like one of the third to last episodes of Mad Men? Fucking Keith. What? Keith is really? Keith was on it. Yeah. It was like, what, oh, does play? what does he play? Uh, there's this part where it's one of my favorite fucking scenes. It's Pete Campbell and Trudy are trying to get their kid into school, and uh, there's some sort of a problem. So they have to go talk to the administrator, and like nobody knows what the deal is. It's like, oh, it's because we're divorced and blah, blah, blah. But no, it's because of some like old money white bullshit where he's like, your clan butchered my clan 300 <laughs> years ago. Yada, oh. yada, yada. And like, my favorite line is uh, Pete just goes, the king ordered it. Which is just like, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that show. But um, anyways, Matt gets fired. He's wallowing in self-pity. 
Jake won't stand for it. He's like, you know, you got to sue these bastards. You know, you, you can't let them walk all over you, yada, yada, yada. And it's, you know, it's, it's but he's, it, it's kind of funny because it, and it's sad almost because Matt is just like, I can't, Jake. He didn't fire me for being gay. He fired me for not having family values. I'm like, it's the same thing. It is fucking great, though, that Jake is the one to encourage him to, like, sue. Because um, he checks back in right when we're about to watch Sandy, like, on the soap opera. Like, we're all at Shooters, and Matt is like, oh, let me get the bill for you. And he's like, I don't have a job right now. And he's like, no, 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 uh, I'm taking your advice. I'm going to sue them. So this is, <laughs> this is, he's kind of putting the car before the <laughs> yes. horse here because he's mm-hmm. like, this bill at Shooters is being paid by the money from the settlement that I might get from this lawsuit I haven't filed yet. I mean, Jake is amazing, this whole thing, because he wants to do a Death Wish style, yes. like hunt down <laughs> the street, like with Matt in tow. And Matt is the one who's like, no, 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 maybe Sue. I do yeah, kind of true. want that to happen, though, like the yes, two of yes. them. And you can even get Billy involved if you want, just hunting down a bunch of fucking homophobes on the on the Sunset Strip. I'm into uh, that show. Well, at some point, Matt says that the cast of Short Term 12 is out roaming the fucking streets <laughs> trying to police people uh, and make sure that this doesn't happen. Yeah, that is a weird thing where he's like, oh, yeah, all the kids are standing up for me. They wanted to patrol the streets to make sure this doesn't happen again. And Rhonda, he's talking to Rhonda at that point, and she's like, oh, yeah, kids are great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's not a great idea for a bunch of, like, 14-year-olds to be walking around the streets with bats like the guardian angels. It's not (laughs) going to end well for the kids. I don't Uh, think they're actually doing it. Well, you know, they they would do better than the police of 92 and (laughs) what year is this, 2020? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It uh, it's. I mean, that's kind of it for this Matt story. It seems like it should go on, which will be. It's nice to give him something that happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some, it, it, it certainly won't be a romantic subplot, but you know what? I'll take what I can get with Matt I, here. I At be- least it's sympathetic. You know, at it least is. we're like drawn yes. into that world and we see the ugliness of the bigotry that goes on to people. I bet you in like what? Like how many episodes for you to forget this? So like ten. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to just say an offline like, oh, I lost my appeal for the uh, 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 case I was uh, I had against wherever yeah. this place is. I'm being countersued and they let they, yeah, yeah. they roped you into the lawsuit, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I was going to get uh, I was going to I was going to have Sandy on the witness stand. Uh, but what's that, Sandy? You can't. <laughs> I can't get a hold of her. You know, I've been calling the number that she left. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to do the Three's Company thing where someone's on the phone with Sandy and like, what's that, Sandy? You're having a great time in New York? Well, bye. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure, but that would be fucking hilarious. And just a total burn on Amy Locaine as well. Oh, for sure. Uh, So that's kind of the episode. We'll do some parting shots here and or are you excited to continue this nightmare atrocity? Uh, We'll start with Eric as always. Um, you know, I think this was a, a, a decent episode. I, I do think, I mean, we've already talked about it, that it would have been better to focus more on the mad stuff. It's good that they addressed it. And, um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I'm excited though. I'm excited to see what happens with Keith. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Gavin. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was a pretty good episode. Again, like I just, I, you, this has to be Matt's episode and you just have to get everything else. Out. We've already gone over it. Of course. I also am pretty sure that the guy who fired Matt was in Mad Men as well. 
I think he was like the head of some company. Yes, that's so, who we. That's the guy. Yeah, he's he he plays oh, oh, he plays the guy. Yeah, he plays the guy. McCann. Uh, the McCann Erickson guy that that okay. uh, that absorbs everybody at the end. I got mixed up with the Keith thing too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, but yes, I, I'm looking forward to uh, keeping this on, even though it's torturing me. <laughs> uh, Andrew Jubin. <laughs> Yeah, I'm down uh, for sure. I think this is actually a pretty good episode. Um, uh, yes, next week uh, we continue with Keith. Uh, next week also, interestingly, we do continue with the Matt storyline as well. We are even meeting Matt's dad. Ooh, Matt's dad. Mm-hmm. I think it's just Matt's dad. I don't know if it's... Oh, no, both of his parents are there. But his dad uh, is played by that uh, the character actor James Handy, who is in a thousand things, but he's buyers in canine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's in like arachnophobia and the rocketeer ton of shit. So you, oh, you will you know recognize I did, Right when you said rocketeer, his face just really popped out to me. I remember this guy. I rewatched rocketeer not long ago. Now, but the thing that I'm not entirely sure about, because I don't recognize the character name next week. Special guest star Judith Hogue. Ooh. You know her best, of course, as April O'Neil in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Mm, Amazing. Yeah, so something to look forward to then. Yeah, there's finally anything to look forward to in this fucking life. Um, that's fun. Oh, and (laughs) next week, Ray Don Chong as well. So big week next week for guest stars. That's awesome. Uh they just they took that Sandy money and spread it around wisely, as they did. (laughs) Um Yeah, I mean this I do think this episode's good. I think it's kind of important. You know, this kind of stuff wasn't being talked about at all at the time so it's cool to do it as we've said a million times it should have been the focus and to do this fucking especially because nothing happens in the allison storyline it's just filler for the story to continue yeah kind of more of the same and it does advance next week a little bit for one big bad reason that i won't spoil but i mean you just could have had that part happen you know in that episode and leave this episode blank as far as what allison's up to Exactly. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of a cynical thing. Now that I'm just thinking about it, they're like, well, not everyone's going to connect with the Matt storyline. Yep. So let's put more this Keith will they, won't they. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well, yeah. this is a straight show, so we'll put the straight story first. And then if we have time, <laughs> we can get yeah, to the we gay put thing. The, put the straight story first. It's a two-hour David Lynch film about a guy <laughs> on a tractor. And then do the Matt story. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so that it has been this week's uh, Melro 210. We've got we've done a ton of great stuff. We did an episode on uh, the Mummy that just came out on the main feed. We've also got uh, our Cats and Terry getting rave reviews from you folks on Patreon. We've got No Country for Old Men also on the We Love Movie feed movies feed on the Patreon as well. I think we dropped our Animation Damnation this week as well. Yeah, it just came out yesterday on Scooby-Doo. That's exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's an incredibly racist episode, so you're going to want to check that out. <laughs> not the, not us, the, the, the TV show we're talking about. So, tons of awesome stuff uh, on both the main feed and the Patreon feed. For now, uh, I bid you a good weekend, and I have been Steven Sadak. Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy and please remain indoors and wear a fucking mask. That was a HeadGum Podcast.